Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you ready for the Bible? I heard that was the definite yes. Y'all are ready for the Bible. Um, I want to open up with this scripture in John 10.10. It says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I have a question for you. Do you believe that Jesus' desire for your life is good? Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus came to control your life or to give you life? Give you life. Do you think Jesus wants some authority in your life? Absolutely. But he ain't looking for robots. He's, living to, he's looking to give you an abundant life in him. And I just want to encourage you today that that fundamental core belief that Jesus has some good things for me, that should be at the foundation. Sometimes I hear folks talk about, well, God's really just harassing me today and he's pounding on me today and things like that. And I'm like, who, who is your God? Like, I mean, he'll challenge you and he'll tell you when you're doing wrong. I love that about Jesus. Just tell me, right? Just tell me and give me the power to change, amen? But he ain't beating up on me. He's here to give me life and life to the full. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you with our lives. We trust you with our children. We trust you with our finances. We trust you with our work. We trust you. Uh, in every facet, we trust you with our health. We trust you implicitly. And we declare today, you are a good God. And you are worthy of all of our praise and worthy of our worship. And today, we give you honor and we give you praise. Lord, may we hear from you as we hear your word today. Every one of us. And Lord, with your word, there be the power for transformation. I pray that people... We'll leave here or stop watching if they're online today. Uh, when they stop, that, Lord, we will be more free than when we started. And that we will be free in you. We love you. We trust you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And I, just, I also pray, Father, would you just help me to communicate, fill me with your spirit to communicate what's in your heart. Amen. So today's message uh, comes from John chapter 20. And I want to give you a little bit of context of what's going on in John chapter 20. Um, it's a story that some of you have read before, uh, but it's kind of one of those, like, we, we, we go over it, and I just, it's just been on my heart to share the scripture with you today. In John chapter 20, by this time, Jesus has already gone to the cross and given his life for your sins and my sins. Can I hear an amen? He's already risen from the dead and conquered death in the grave. Can I hear an amen? And now he's spending this 40-day period where he makes these appearances and these encounters with his disciples, making it very clear, hey, I have risen from the dead, I've beaten death and the grave. And so he's got this 40-day period where he keeps on appearing to them, appearing to them, and then um, he would go up into heaven and ascend to heaven and say, listen, I'm coming back. And it, and it wasn't a movie, it was like, I'm coming back, right? And so I love this interaction. This is one of the encounters that Jesus has between the resurrection 
and the ascension. Everybody say resurrection and the ascension. We sound so smart, don't we? Um, So this is one of those encounters, and I think it's just got a lot for us in this little scripture. This is John 20. I'm going to read to you verses 19 through 23. One evening, it was the first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they will not be forgiven. This is a really uh, neat interaction. You know, in this scripture, Jesus comes and, and he's going to impart three things when he enters the room. And I, when I was looking at the scripture, I thought, you know, you're looking at the time and place like the disciples and, you know, they've seen this, the, the crucifixion and they're in this kind of waiting period and, and Jesus is appearing to them. But Jesus enters the room and he imparts these three things. And I thought, you know what? These three things we could receive from the Lord all of our lives. The three things are he gives them peace when he says, peace be with you. Anybody want some peace today? He gives them a mission. He says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And he gives them the Holy Spirit when he says, receive the Holy Spirit. I find it really interesting that they were in a locked room on the first day of the week. Ironically, the first day of the week is Sunday which would become the day that the New Testament church would celebrate the resurrection of Jesus on Sunday. That's why we meet on Sundays rather than Saturdays. It's actually not important the day, but that's what it represents. Saturday, Sunday, call it a day, give it to Jesus, amen? Um, But they were understandably afraid. Why were they afraid? Well, they just watched Jesus get crucified, right? And they're just kind of quaking in their boots, and they're in this room with a locked room. I've got some questions, you know, I always have these questions, and I'm like, so how did Jesus find them? Well, I guess, you know, he's, he's walking in, in his godly, you know, his God powers, and he's like, I know their address, you can't hide from me, right? Um, and so he enters it because they're hiding, they're in a locked room hiding, right? And Jesus, he passes through, and he enters into this locked room, which he never did that before, like passing through walls and doors and things like that. That's a kind of a cool trick. I just have got to know, like, was there a little part of him that wanted to go, boo? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> For those of you online, Jeremy just said, no, that's you, Mike. That's you. So, boo! Actually, he does the opposite. He walks in the room, and he says, peace be with you. But, and you know, Jesus wants to bring his peace in your life. He wants to bring the kind of peace that brings you out of the locked rooms of your life. You know, fear, fear is limiting. Fear creates boundaries that there shouldn't be. 
right? Fear is paralyzing. It'll make you, make you stop instead of go. And I see boundaries are, are valuable, but fear, fear is limiting. And you know, you were not created to live in fear. You were not created to live in fear. A lot of times what happens is fear is the what could happen and what might happen, right? And we end up living in the what could happen and the what might happen. And really, it's, it's a way of almost worshiping something that hasn't happened. And yet, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. I like that sound mind because I think God gives us wisdom. There's a big difference between wisdom and fear. And you, you can tell the difference, and if you can't tell the difference, you ask the Lord to help you tell the difference. Because we are not a people who are led by fear. We are a people who are led by the love and the mission that God has for us. And he has given us a spirit that gives us power, love, and a, and a sound mind. How, how is your mind today? When I say that, I mean, has, has anxiety crept in in some areas of your thought life where it has now created this locked door that you can't pass through? That you're hiding from what could happen rather than going out into the world and doing the things that God has called you to do. Anxiety is a cruel master, and it never stops. It doesn't, it will ask for more and for more and more. And I don't want to be insensitive about anxiety, because anxiety is a real challenge, right? It's like a, a real thing. But you know what? God wants you to rule over your anxiety, not have it rule over you. But you know, you got to have a better word, right? You got to have something to inform your anxiety. You have to have, have something from God that says, you know what? I, 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 I recognize that fear, I recognize that anxiety, but I serve a great God and a big God. There's a practical answer in Scripture to fear and anxiety. And I love it in Philippians um, 4. Um, the at end of five all the way to six. I used to read just six and, uh, uh, excuse me, just six and seven. Don't be anxious about anything. But I like starting just a few words before that because in Philippians 4, 5, it says this. At the very end, it says, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Isn't that cool? The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, I'm sure if I did a Greek study on that, that would mean every situation. By prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, let me break this down for y'all because this scripture is so powerful. There is... The Word of God has practical answers for our fear and anxiety. Y'all hear that today? The Word of God has practical answers for our fear and anxiety. And it starts with, the Lord is near. Come on now. Does that comfort anybody today? To know that He is near? 
to know that he is close. Like, I love that starting point that he's already there. He's not, already, he's not far off. You don't have to coax him in the door. He's already here. He's already with you. He's already there. So the Lord is near, so don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, in prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, I love this. Prayer, petition, Pray, 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 pray. Now, here's the challenge. Here's where some of us do this wrong. Is that we pray about the thing that we're anxious about, the thing that's got us locked up, the thing that's got us, you know, bound, right? We pray and we give it to the Lord, but we hold on to a little bit of it. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe it's just like a string. You know, you just kind of like you know, just in case, and then you just kind of pull it back. You're like, if he don't take care of it, I got it. Now, this is different than sometimes when we have fear and anxiety and we, we give something to the Lord, we feel that release, right? And then we, you know, we, we leak. We leak virtue. We leak the Holy Ghost. We, we, and we get to a point where it's like, I need to pray about it again. That's different. That's different than when you're praying and you know you ain't giving it to him. Stop that. Like, if you are going to give the God of the universe a request, give it to him. Right? Like, if you are going to go to him and say, I'm afraid, I'm in fear, I've got a problem I can't solve. If you're going to go and give it to the God of the universe, give it to him for real. What's beautiful is that there's this great exchange. Well, let me, let me not hurry up here. now. It says, with prayer and petition and with thanksgiving. Oh, you know what you do? Lord, I give you this fear. Lord, I give you this thing that I'm anxious for. And I thank you that you hear me. I thank you that you receive it. I thank you that you're wor- working. Um, even when I don't see you working, you're working, right? Like we sing it, like right, he's working. I know that you hear me. I know that you're not ignoring me. I know that you've got a plan. I know that you have a purpose. I know that I can trust you. I thank you for that. Amen. See, the thankfulness is good for us. And it helps us remember who we're talking to. And that when we're giving that fear and then anxiety, and we present our request to God with thanksgiving. Isn't it a blessing that we can go to God and that He invites us to come to Him? Y'all, we are blessed to be able to do that. Now, The reason a lot of times that we don't go to him is because we want to control it. And I would just say, how's that working for you? Right? It's so overrated. We think we want to be in control of things and we think we want to make sure that the answer is the answer that we want and those kind of things. But stop. Like really just trust him because you're carrying something that he doesn't want you to carry. And that carrying is what's contributing to the anxiety and the fear. This is, a, this is a spiritual discipline to give our fears and to give our anxiety with him, to him. What I love about it is that as I've done it, you know, um, a lot of us in the room, we've, we've done some raising of some kids. And, uh, you know, when you're raising kids, you need a lot of wisdom from God, don't you? Right? I mean, 
you've got from one side, it's like, you know, I just want to lock them in a room forever and protect them from everything. And you're like, I can't do that. And, you know, you, have, it, you come to this point in your life, hopefully, where you go, oh, they have another father. I'm not the only parent, right? My wife and I are not the only parents. They have a father, and I need to know, respect his realm and respect my, the trust that he's given me and let God be God in their lives. And there are times when you can't control it and when you can't make it happen, it takes so much wisdom. I'll tell you what, I've turned my parents into prayer warriors. i tell you, they thought they knew how to pray until they had me. But you know, there's something about that. And it's a beautiful example because it's one of those areas where there are things that are our part and then there are the things that are God's part. And that's trust, isn't it? That's trust. What I love is this promise that when we bring our prayer and petition with thanksgiving and we we present our request to God, there is this promise. And this is not like a a kitschy kind of promise or like a nice, pretty thought promise. This is a supernatural promise. And that promise is that the peace of God, what did Jesus enter the room and say to them? Peace be with you. It says that the peace of God that transcends all understanding. The Bible don't even normally talk like this. It transcends, which means we have these thick skulls and thick brains and lots of thoughts, and God's saying, I can get through it. And I can guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Come on now. Like that is a promise that is beautiful because basically what he's saying is, listen, I can give you a peace that you don't even understand. I can give you a peace that don't even make sense. But I can give you a peace that's real, that actually guards your heart and actually guards your mind. But you have to give it to him. You got to give the anxiety. You got to give the fear to him. Because the enemy will use fear and anxiety to keep you locked in a room when you have a mission. He'll keep you locked in a room when he's got stuff on the other side for you. Now, see, they were fearing death. But I read further on in Scripture, and I'm thinking about Peter and John entering in to the temple one day, and they're walking along, and there's a paralyzed man begging for, for, for some, some help, you know, and, he said, and, and Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. Grabs him by the hand and pulls him to his feet. I think we just had a message on that recently, right? Like that's a long way from being locked in a room. And what happens to them? They get imprisoned. Like, like they, the, 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 the Jewish leaders come and they come and get them and carry them away. And what, I mean, they had to think this could be it. But they were living. And they had confidence in the Lord. And many of them would give their lives for the cause. But it wouldn't be that day. As a matter of fact, you know, Peter was given a word. He was given a word by Jesus. And it was when Jesus met them, it was one of these appearances between the resurrection and the ascension, where they were out fishing, and they came in, and Jesus had cooked them breakfast, and And one of the last things that Jesus says to Peter in that encounter is he says, listen, when you're old, another will dress you. And it says that it was speaking of the type of death that he would, that he would have. And, and Peter gave his life, uh, there's some theories about how he gave his life, he was, he was killed for the cause, Right? Well, later on, 
in another imprisonment where um, the angel, where the, the doors of the prison open, the angel comes and hits Peter on the shoulder and says, get up and dress yourself. He's basically saying, you ain't dying today, let's go. Isn't that powerful? And so he had this word, and it was like, and he would give his life for the cause, but God did not want him to live in fear during his life. And God wants to break us out of our fear and anxiety. And he says, peace be with you. Comes in the room, he imparts peace. The next thing he does is he gives them their mission. He says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. The mission, the mission, the mission, the mission. There's this, there, when you were reading the end of the Gospels and you're reading the beginning of like the book of Acts, like we're doing in the Holy Spirit class at uh, 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, um, right there, what you see is that Jesus announces the mission like in, in Matthew 28, right? Where he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded with you, and surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Even here again, he's giving them the mission. Listen, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. You realize they're in a locked room. And he's in the room. He's basically saying, your mission's not in this room. That's why, I, you know, when I was looking at this, I was like, what are the rooms in our lives that we're locked in? What are the boundaries that we've accepted out of fear and anxiety? Sometimes we call them practical, but now actually they're just excuses that keep us locked in. But God has a whole other life on the other side of that door. What if they had spent their life on the run, their life behind locked doors, don't get me wrong, there are entire church movements that are underground and that are secretive out of wisdom, but I can tell you one thing, they're not intimidated. And the door's not locked per se. The door's open for those who are secretly coming in all over the world. And I think in our lives, there are things that have us behind locked doors and Jesus wants to come into the room. I love the fact that he can get through a locked room. Some of us feel safe in our locked room. And Jesus is like, I can get through that. No problem. Easy peasy. What's the, what's the locked door that keeps you from the missions that God has in your life? The mission and the missions. What's got you locked up today? God is not coming today to condemn you. He's coming to get you out. He's coming to like that angel. Come on, dress yourself. There's a whole world out there. So for some of us, it's the fear of man. Like, what will people think? You know, if we could just break that in our hearts and minds, how free we would be. Some of the people I admire the most or people who have been Christians for a really, really, really long time, were somewhere along the way, I don't know where they were, but they picked up this item called the I don't cares. They're like, I really don't care what people think anymore. I don't really care. And, and uh, you know, I'm just going to say what I think, and I'm just going to tell people who don't know Jesus about Jesus, and I don't care if they think I'm weird or strange or anything like that. I've got some bread, and they're starving. Um. 
I think if we could break the fear of man, we would be a free people, amen? Some of us, we, the, the thing that keeps us is we feel like we're not qualified. And I want to tell you that if you have had any experience with God, you are qualified to talk about your experience with God. If you've read anything in the Bible, you can share what you've read in the Bible. I read it in the Bible that it says. You don't have to do it well. You don't have to do it skilled because the thing is, you have a Holy Spirit who is there to help you and He is there and He is working in their heart. It's not what you are doing. It's what the Holy Spirit is doing in them. But they need words to grab a hold of because faith comes by hearing and when they hear the message, they have an opportunity to grab a hold of it and to do something with it. And I, and I dare say that for some of us, we don't have a burden for people who are dying. Um, and whatever it is that needs to happen in our heart, I just want to encourage you just to just open your heart and say, God, help me to realize what it means for someone to die without you and to be apart from you from eternity. Like, hell's no joke. And God wants to bring people to himself not separate him from himself, amen? And I know that's an area where I'm like, God, help me, help me to care for the person that I don't know. I was sitting with somebody this week and they were telling me about how um, they just, they did the brave thing and they went and had breakfast with an old coworker that they hadn't seen in a while and they're sitting, they were just like, I just, I knew, they know that I'm a believer and I knew I needed to say something, I needed to do something and so they, they had the conversation about things that God has done in their life and said, I think God can help you with those things that are going on in your life and just simply had a conversation and said, you know, I, I can help you find a good church in your area, that kind of thing and just, just helping somebody along in their journey. But I also want to tell you, you have permission at any time in your life to look somebody in the eyes and say, have you ever asked Jesus into your life? Have you ever asked him to come in to save you and just commit your life back to the God who created you? You have permission to do that. You don't need a stage. You don't need a credential. All you need is the words. And I'll tell you what, watching somebody make that decision, there's nothing like it. And I want to encourage you in it. Because what you and I have is so precious and so valuable. And there's a world out there that says that we're not allowed to say that. And that's a lie. That's not the truth. The last thing he said to them in John 20, verse 22, he says, and with that he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. We've been studying this in our Holy Spirit class at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And um, we've been having a lot of fun in there. It's really neat because this is um, Jesus breathes on them. Do you know what it says? That when God created Adam, he breathed into his nostrils and he became alive. Jesus earlier in the book of John says to Nicodemus, hey, you must be born again, born of the Spirit. And here the disciples are. Now Jesus is raised from the dead. He breathes on his disciples and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And I believe that is the moment that they became born again, the indwelling of the Spirit. You know what's wild? He gives them the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Spirit, and then he tells them, go and wait in Jerusalem for the gift. Because you know what? There was more to come. 
There was this baptism of the Spirit, the empowerment. In Acts 1.8 it says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. And it's really neat that these disciples are having these, these things. But this indwelling is this thing where when you come to Christ and when you first give your life and you say, Jesus, I need you in my life, you are born all over again and become a new person. And it's the Holy Spirit in you who enables you to do anything good. It's his fruit that brings joy, peace, love, grace, uh, um, kindness, long-suffering. Like It's his fruit in your life. And it's him in your life that brings this sanctification, this idea that you get changed little by little, but little by little, and he changes you into a different person. It's really amazing. And when I look at that, and I go, Jesus, like in this little encounter, is, to me, it's almost like the entire gospel I wish I could run off stage, but I can't because um, I appreciate you online today and I don't want to go out of the frame. It's like, it's like Jesus, he came into the room and it's like the entire gospel. Peace be with you. Hey, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Now receive the Holy Spirit. Isn't that powerful? Like it was everything that they needed. And I know all of my life, I need his peace. I need his intervention. I need him to cast out anxiety. I need him to remove fear from my life. And I know that I needed reminded over and over and over and over that there is a mission that matters above all missions and that we are all part of that mission. Every little part that we do as a, as a body, even just our love for one another, like it all matters in the mission of making people know that there's a God who loves them and who sent his only son to die for them, that they could have life and have it more abundantly. That's good news, amen? And that when he gives us that commission and when he gives us that peace, he does not leave us alone. He gives us his Holy Spirit. How generous is our God? I want to encourage you today, whatever the locked room in your life is, come on out. Don't come out because I said so. Don't come out just because I read scripture to you. Come out because Jesus is coming into your life and he's speaking peace over your life. I wonder how they left that room that day. Like, I wonder like how the, the story, like, you know, in the Bible, you only get parts of the story. Like, when, when it was over, did Jesus look at the guys and go, okay, now I'm going to do this, okay, you're all ready? Unlocks the door. And I feel like that's what we want in our lives. We want the door unlocked so that fear and anxiety doesn't keep us from the best thing, because he has come to give us life and life to the full. If you're here today, and if you're watching online or even listening to the podcast, and you don't have that life in you, Jesus, his Holy Spirit, in your life, I just want to encourage you that he is ready for you. He's ready for your life. Coming to God is as simple as saying, God, forgive me of my sins. I want you to rule over my life, and I want to follow after you, all, whatever that means. I just want to wake up every day and follow after Christ. If that's a decision that you need to make today, I just want to encourage you to make it because God loves you so much that he would send his son on a cross for you. And he really does have a better life. I can preach that with great confidence. He has a better life for you. It's not a life without struggles but it's a, life, it's a life with answers for the struggles. And I just want to encourage you to make that commitment today. If you're online, we want to know about it, go to Victory Christian.
www.thepeopleofgod.church and click on next steps because we want to rejoice with you. If you're here today and you want to make a decision for Jesus, uh, please come get me when we close the the service today because I want to pray with you and rejoice with you. I think I told you all, May 5th, 1992, it's been 30 good years. Would you stand with me? I want to pray today for us that God would break the power of fear and anxiety. Amen? I would encourage you this week, even in your devotions, just go visit these scriptures in John chapter 20 and just read those scriptures because he has peace for you, he has a mission for you, and he has his Holy Spirit for you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you today and we worship you. God, we thank you. We thank you that you come to break fear and anxiety. Uh, Today, just if you'll close your eyes for a moment while I'm praying. Today, when I'm talking about fear and anxiety, something very specific came to your mind, an area of fear and of anxiety. Would you just, with our eyes closed, just raise your hands right now. We're going to ask God to break the power of that fear and that anxiety. Father, in the name of of Jesus. We break the power of fear and anxiety. Lord, we say that you are greater than any possibility, than what we fear. And Lord, we put our lives into your capable hands. And I pray that you would go to the root of that fear and that you would kill it. The root of that anxiety and that you would kill it. And Lord, I pray that the door would be unlocked And Father, that we would be able to walk out and know you got us, that the Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. In all things, in prayer, in uh, petition, and with thanksgiving, we make our requests known to you. And Lord, may confidence fill our hearts and minds that you have us. And today, we declare, let anxiety and fear be broken. Father, may we be filled with your spirit and with your confidence, filled with with your presence, filled with your mind, filled with your heart. Lord, we love you today. And we just say, enter the room of our hearts, God. Enter the room. We thank you for the freedom that you bring us. We love you. And we declare you as our King and our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.com dot church.